good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, hitting cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Karagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're right, Jaga. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Hey, you know, since you've been talking in the right side of that microphone, Haley, you sound like a million bucks. (laughs) Well, that's what we're going for, so that's good. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, it's a Tuesday here, and uh, we love to hear from uh, up in the deep north, as we like to call it, because there's so many strange things happening up there, but also some positive things happen up there. And thinking of positive, we have Nancy Bolio of MN350 stopping in and giving us an update in a good way what's happening up in the deep north. Welcome, Nancy. Ho-wah. Boo-joo, boo-joo. Thinking of good things, Robert, I want to um, share my cup here. It says, do good. Right on. And, you know... Honestly, that made me think about not just doing good, but um, being good. You can yeah. do something, take an action, and it looks like you're a good person, but on the other side of things, you're not so good. And um, it creates a lot of harm. And I think, you know, as uh, Indigenous people, that's not our way. Our way is to uplift each other and support each other in the work that we do in the spaces that we share. So uh, I want to remind our relatives and, and even our allies that when um, we're here in this journey called life, um, we're supposed to walk with a good heart and show up with good intentions. And um, if you forget how to do that, you need to step back and do some self-reflection and do a little praying for yourself. And we'll pray for you, too. Um, but, yeah, I think it's really important that we get back to that um, because, you know, we are in a world where there's so many injustices and we shouldn't fight amongst ourselves Um we should be um, building each other up and, and getting back to that resiliency we once had, you know, before this colonized system assimilated us and, and put us in a lot of dark places. So, um, you know, this is one reason why I do this work, because I, I believe in us and yeah. we're here. And I think uh, there's a lot of good work to do. And I'm just, you know, really excited that I can do what I do. And um, again, for those of you that don't know who I am. I'm Nancy Bolio. I'm from the Leech Lake Reservation in northern Minnesota. And I've been the northern organizer for Minnesota 350 for just about six years. And we are a nonprofit for environmental and racial injustice. And I lead the treaty work at Minnesota 350. Yes, yes. And uh, what I really like to do, and then I'd like to backtrack a little bit too, because we always have new listeners uh, jumping in their car, especially now we're at uh, five o'clock and we're we're getting people jumping in their car and listening to us in their car. Just to basically what you do and then talk a little bit about treaties. And I've learned from you so much about treaties. I know Ho-Chunk signed the 1855 treaty back in the day, and this is like Ho-Chunk land. And there's things out there with these treaties that a lot of people don't understand. And what I really learned about from you is that the treaties work both ways. Right. You know, treaties intended for us to live in peace. They're, they're you know, um, treaties of friendship. And um, there's so many reasons why we have to understand why treaties matter. And, and, and that's a big part of, you know, the spaces that we create or, you know, even breathing life back in those treaties by holding spaces like a sugar bush or, you know, on a pipeline easement. But, um, yeah, treaties... Uh, they're very much alive today as the day they were signed. And again, they were meant for friendship and peace and to leave the earth in a better way than we found it. And, you know, I like to keep to the layman's terms of, of what those treaties are, you know, because there's so many of them, Robert, and treaties mm-hmm. are a mile long, 
some of them. And what we want people to, to really think about is just the basic understanding. And if you want to dive in more, you could visit us at Minnesota 350 on our treaty page. And we have a number of resources that they can really um, do a deep dive and learn more about the treaties and, and why they're important um, even to this day. So again, we're out there reminding people because we don't see it in our history books. Um, again, um, um, it's part of our Treaty 101 awareness. And quite honestly, Robert, I want to share something, yeah. um, you know, talking about, you know, the lack of history and, and, and those truths. I mm -hmm. actually wrote a piece for our newsletter um, for the, the week of July 4th, um, the United States Independence Day. And I, I want to share that writing with you guys right now, if you don't mind. Yeah. Okay. We are the people on the other side of history you don't hear from. In the spirit of America, we must do justice to history. After all, the sovereignty of the United States was gained from signing treaties with indigenous tribes. Indigenous refers to those people with pre-existing inherent sovereignty who were living together as a community prior to the contact with settler populations most often referred to as the Europeans. Treaties between the federal government and the American Indian tribes set forth the duties and responsibilities of the U.S. government, which they still owe to us to this particular day. And those are in exchange for, you know, land and, and um, resources. Treaties mm -hmm. protect land boundaries and inherent rights of the indigenous peoples, such as hunting, fishing, gathering, and traveling rights. Treaties also guarantee peace. Today, treaties continue to affirm the inherent sovereignty of American Indian nation, enable tribal governments to maintain a nation-to-nation -nation relationship with the United States government to manage their lands, their resources, and economies. And it also protects their people, and it builds a more secure future for generations to come. So again, um, Robert, it's a shared responsibility, those treaties. Mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, those non-native peoples, their ancestors signed those treaties with our ancestors. And if their house, their business um, are on these lands, they are still benefiting from those from those treaties that their ancestors signed with our ancestors. So we're here holding them accountable to those obligations. Yeah. And I, I think the more we talk about it, it's it's really interesting, too, that I, I, I think I, you know, let me just back up a second. I never learned anything about treaties when I went to school. And right. I've only learned about treaties maybe the last six years, one, listening to you, but also, uh, you know, that our, our Native people had all these treaties and then were pushed out of their land anyways. And so it, it's a real gray zone, but I'm glad that MN350, and especially you, Nancy, have been really revving up and talking treaties. I know we have a few groups that have jumped on lately, but you uh, and MN350 really um, jumped on at first, and I thought it was brilliant to talk about treaties, and especially when we're uh, dealing with pipelines and such. Right. And, you know, and that's our goal when we, when we talk about Treaty 101 awareness and, and when we hold spaces like in the sugar bush and on the pipeline and wherever it be in the future, it is our goal to inspire other relatives to assert those treaties, because what good are those treaties if we don't assert them? I mean, honestly, when you take a look at the sugar bush, they were ready to go and do a clear cut. And, you know, mm. their, their um, excuse is, well, nobody's out there sugar bushing. Huh. Well, again, you know, that's not our fault. We were assimilated and we were forced into a 40 hour week. We forgot our way. It's not our fault. But, you know, we're, we're reminding ourselves um, that, we're still here along with that culture that defines who we are. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Nancy, uh, really good update on the treaties. I want to talk about what's going up on the deep north here in the ne next segment, if you can hold on with us. Sure, would love to. Awesome. Hey, this is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm woke, you know. Oh, uh, we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. I 
If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by, stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence and shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Attention, Native American community. We've come a long way in our fight against COVID-19. The emergency declaration may be over, but our responsibility to stay vigilant remains. It is crucial to remember that the virus is still among us, and we must continue to prioritize our health and the well-being of our loved ones and elders. Besides getting vaccinated, let's not forget the basics when we're around people who are still vulnerable to COVID-19. Wear your mask, wash your hands regularly, and take an at-home COVID-19 test if you have any symptoms. We've shown incredible strength and resilience throughout history, and we will triumph over this challenge as well. Let's honor our ancestors by taking care of one another and keeping our communities safe. Together, let's navigate uncertain times with courage and unity. Stay informed, stay safe, and remember that our actions today will shape a brighter future for our Native community. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Climate justice, that's right. Hey, we're here with Nancy Bolio, and uh, I love that tagline, uh, fighting for climate justice. Uh, welcome. We're talking to Nancy. Uh, we we talked to Nancy a lot over, we've talked to you a lot over the years, and uh, and there's reason to be positive. you got a lot of work going on up there um, and in a good way, and I think that's something that I can always count, count on with you, Nancy, and also, you know, with MN350, too. Right. You know, um, just in this last week, I, I had my first opportunity to get back out and table, Robert, and I was um, went up to Red Lake and for their Independence Day on July 6th and um, participated in a parade with the DFL party, reminding them as well that we're all treaty people. Mm-hmm. And then the parade uh, we went down um, to the powwow and set up a table why treaties matter and Robert, it, it's so um, inspiring and, and so empowering to be able to communicate to people um, who we are, what we do, and why we do what we do. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, think that asserting their rights to hunt, fish, gather, and travel in ceded territory, meaning off the reservation, is a crime when indeed it's not. You know, like um, my good friend Justin Keezer would say, um, the treaties are constitutional. They're written right in there, Article 6. And so it, um, they are supreme law of the land. And as, you know, um, Native folks to to these lands, we have every right to, you know, um, go out, hunt, fish, and gather in ceded territory just like we did in the sugar bush. And so I think that's important for people to understand that, um, you know, a big part of what we do is we, we – assert our treaties and we do it in in a positive way um we do it to educate not just our people but our elected officials and our community members our allies you know and our relatives and you know um to camp firelight and then the sugar bush i think we are a fine example of how you can show up and assert those treaties and remind our elected officials, our not so friendly neighbors, that we have a right to exist. We have a right to um, be who we are. Yeah, remind people, and I think it's been a couple of years now, what Camp Firelight did and what it was about, because 
you know, I like to come back and, and get new listeners and remind our other listeners what that was about because we refer to that once in a while. Can you just give a quick synopsis of that great action? Three during the construction in the Mississippi wetlands, just um, uh, you know, close to my reservation here in northern Minnesota. Actually, in the 1855 Treaty Territory, uh, Line Three construction was um, basically only seven miles from the headwaters of the Mississippi, and it's really not a good place to uh, put a pipeline underneath a wetland. Not anywhere, actually. But um, so what we did is we we called on our relatives and our allies to um, occupy the easement on the Line 3 construction. And our, our goal was to hold space collectively as allies, Native and non-Native people, and, and show the rest of the world what it looks like to honor those treaties collectively, peacefully, so we can create a future that we can all thrive in for many generations to come. And the, the, the big part about that, Robert, um, was the Clearwater County Treaty uh, Summit. We did a, a summit, a one-day summit, and we called on their uh, Clearwater County, you know, the city council, the commissioners, law enforcement. And we basically did a Treaty 101 and reminded them that we have these rights and they're protected under treaty. And these are inherent rights. They didn't give us nothing, Robert. Um, sometimes they think, you know, go back to your reservation. They think they yeah. gave us land or they gave us the rights. And, and it in fact, that's a huge misconception. We gave those colonizers rights and we gave them land in return to be good to us. And so um, that's why it's important that when we went to Camp Firelight on the line three, that we called on our allies and showed what that treaty relationship should look like. And it was eight days. Um, we had the sheriff from Clearwater County um, support um, the camp because, you know, after that treaty summit, he had a clear clear understanding of you know our treaty rights and who we are and how to be a good treaty person so again you know kind of do the same thing here in Beltrami County um this fall and I'm excited about it so at Camp Firelight um we won our case I'm one of three uh Anishinaabe um defendants that took our 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 case into our own tribal court and so we proved in our own tribal court at the 1855 Treaty Court that the state of Minnesota lacks subject matter jurisdiction over the Anishinaabe protecting their natural resources on or off the reservation. And that's really key, that off part, because that's that ceded territory where they think that we need state permits to go hunt, fish, travel, and gather. We don't need any permit. We have those rights. And that's what treaties protect. Right. And, you know, I, I'm always uh, interested in, and I think sometimes I think about uh, treaties and I think about the Black Hills land claim by the United States and then the United States. And, the uh, you know, the, if you Google that, it has all the treaties that were on there. And, uh, you know, 1851 Fort Laramie Treaty, the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaty. And then also the government wanted to, to give this, the Great Sioux Nation uh, money and it's in the bank, and I, I think it's up to a billion dollars right now, and they never took the money because you can't sell land like that, sacred land. Right. We don't have property rights, Robert. We don't view um, you know, property rights as this is my land and any, everything and anything on it is mine. We have relationship rights, and those are with the plants and the animals. And, you know, we're here in a sacred way, Robert. And, um, again, you know, when this country continues to deny those treaties and, and um, that's a violation of, you know, those treaties and our rights and it's just continued genocide and it, you can't put it any other way, Robert. And we should, we shouldn't sugarcoat, you know, the, the facts here. And I think, um, it's time that the United States honors those treaties. And, you know, I tell non-Native people that really don't want to understand or refuse to understand that they have an obligation. Well, I just tell them in a good way, Robert, well, you all can just build another Mayflower and head on back. Yeah. <laughs> and that's no kidding. And yeah. I think what's important, too, is not only are we talking about this, but again, you never hear that. I've never heard this in schools. I vaguely, rem I, I vaguely knew what a treaty was. I thought of possibly World War II when I thought of treaties. And um, that's uh, ridiculous. Right. And, you know, um, again, this, this country would not be a sovereign nation without signing those treaties 
um, with you know Native nations. And again, mm -hmm. I think this country needs to be awoke itself and understand um, how this country became. You know, because again, right. it was out of our trust and our our offering of friendship. And they deceived us, and they still continue to do that today. And I, I think that's why it's more important that, you know, we find strength in each other, be good to each other, build community, and, and find that resiliency and, and, and breathe life back into those treaties. And we also not do that amongst ourselves. Right. You know, and I think uh, the treaties... Well, let me just say this. We're still here, and we've been trying to get genocide out of this country so people could take over our land, whether it's with oil pipe, pipelines, whether it's with uh, uh, oil out of the ground or in the air and the minerals and all those things. But we're still here, and I think us talking about this in a good way and educating people, because we're not going anywhere, and we've been here 10,000 years. Right, right. And uh, again, you know... Um, you know, before it, lose, it slips my mind, I want to give a, a shout out to the allies that understand that, you know, they too are treaty people and they mm -hmm. are showing up in a good way and having conversations with other non-Native people. And again, without, you know, the support of our allies and some, you know, nonprofits out there like MN350, Sierra Club, Indian Collective, IN, that's Indigenous Environmental Network, and some of our tribes um, as well. Um, we wouldn't be where we're at right now in, in the spaces that we hold in the work that we do. And, and a lot of our work also involves uh, political work and building those relationships with the elected officials and, and holding their feet to the fire. But, you know, back again, Robert, it's about democracy and, and we vote for change. And we, we've seen that with that trifecta here, um, you know, in Minnesota, the more mm -hmm. we show up, the more candidates that we get on our side, we're going to have the majority vote where it matters. Right. And that's where it starts. You know? So again, when we're out tabling, Robert, we talk about building our power, not just treaty style, but in the world of, of voting. Yeah, absolutely. And that's coming up quick again. And, you know, uh, we, we work with Make Voting a Tradition here on uh, Native Roots Radio and uh, Rock the Vote Native Style we've done over the years. It's really important and we need to, and to keep uh, getting our native people involved, you know, and I just always, 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 and Haley's a Gen Zer is just throwing out Gen Zer gets it, um, and we're really excited uh, that, and they don't get polled, so you, you see these polls and everything, and it's like it's not a real thing because. You know, they're they're not doing, you know, a polling Gen Zs. They're not polling people like us uh, that look like us. And I just, before we get uh, going here, I just want to give a quick shout out to Alice and give her uh, some, uh, she said some really great stuff here and listens to our show. As an ally, it is a massive honor to be a treaty person. And I just want to give her a quick shout out and get healing prayers to Alice too. Right. Um, she's my Facebook friend and I'm so excited um, one day to meet her in person. And um, again, I want to give a, um, a shout out to people just like her that, you know, listen to the show and support the work that we do. And again, if you're willing about um, um, to help what we do, you can go to MN350 and donate and um, be a part of what we do and show up when we ask. Nancy, we always talk about uh, before the show, we don't have much to talk about, but I know we always do. And thank you so much for coming on and and reminding people of, of us and treaties and uh, where we're at. Right. We are all treaty people. Ooh, that was a good. We'll have to sing that next time. Oh, uh, thanks, Nancy Bolio of MN350 up in the deep north. Up next, Bob Blake from Red Lake with the Solar Bear with the Solar News. Ho, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Stay with us. Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a metro transit pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at dfc.stthomas.edu.
JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Even though the public COVID-19 emergency might be over, it's still important to stay up to date on vaccinations. And if you're like most people, you probably need a refresher on who should get vaccinated and when. So here's the bottom line. If you're six years or older, aim for that one updated COVID-19 vaccine. It doesn't matter if you've had a previous vaccine or not, you're still in the game. Now, if you're 65 or older, you've got the green light for one extra dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. Just wait four months after your first updated dose and you're good to go. And for the little ones, children between six months and five years may need multiple doses, including at least one of the updated vaccines based on their age and previous doses. Remember, always stay informed and reach out to healthcare professionals for personalized guidance. Didn't catch all of that? You can find all of the updated COVID vaccine information at health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. We have survived many traumas. We are awake. Our eyes, spirit, and heart are open. Now is the time to clean up our thinking, our treatment of others, most of all, our treatment of ourselves. We need to learn about genocide, trauma, enrollment policies, lateral violence, boarding schools, rape introduced to us through colonization. Some of us believe these lies. Because to oppose them would be fatal. There is much healing needed. We need to be a part of helping to heal our nations. Today, I promise myself to not hurt anyone with my thoughts, my feelings, my words, or my actions. I know I can only control myself. I will get help when I need it. I will take good care of me. For when I do, I am the resistance. I am the prayers of my ancestors. And now, I am the resilience manifesting into the light of today. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Summer is going fast, but Next Chapter Booksellers has everything you need to keep up with your summer reading. From the hottest new titles to timeless classics, Next Chapter Booksellers has something for any taste. Their friendly staff are great at making recommendations for the perfect summer read for you or your loved ones. Plus, Next Chapter Booksellers has a wide variety of puzzles and games for those rainy days. So keep up with your summer reading at Next Chapter Booksellers off Snelling and Grand in St. Paul. More at nextchapterbooksellers.com. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. A chance of showers and storms tonight with a low of 61, then another slight chance of rain and storms on Wednesday with a high of 80. If you've been waiting to replace those appliances, don't miss Warner Stellion's lowest prices of the season. Score instant savings, then up to 10% off, and a bonus for each additional appliance you buy. Put us to the test at warnerstellion.com. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they do. Hey, we have on the phone Robert Robert uh, Blake and with the Solar Bear with the Solar News. Robert, uh, welcome. Hey, what's going on, Robert? How's, how's it going? It's going great. And I hear rumors you're outside ready to get a happy haircut. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, you got me going into my haircut place. I know. Yeah. Well, but, you, know, you, you know what, Robert? There, you know, I was just thinking about you know, because I'm out here at the mall mm-hmm. and I'm starting to see just more and more like electric vehicles driving around. And I'm also seeing um, like some of these, some of these malls are putting renewable energy on top of their ropes, yeah. solar. Yeah. And That's- I'm, I'm seeing those charging uh, stations too, all over the place now too. 
Yeah, I just I'm I'm over by one right now, and I'm looking at it right now, and it's charge point. I can read it. It's charge point. Wow. But I, I mean, can you just can you imagine, Robert? Like where all this is going to be? Like, say, let's just say in five years. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, it's it's it, it's really becoming mainstream, and it's becoming a part of our lives. And I don't think, and I don't think anyone could have seen how the public has taken hold or like acceptance of renewable energy, electric vehicles, charging stations. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, it's just happening. I got a quick question in those lines and we've never really talked about this, but with all the AI stuff, how much faster is that going to help renewable? You know, that's that's a good question. You know, and, and what's happening right now is there's, um, you know, there, there, there are groups being put together that are going to tackle these kinds of questions about, you know, what kind of agreements, what kind of treaties, what kind of, um, you know, uh, I guess way of like looking at, you know, how AI is going to be kind of rolled out, right? Like. Mm-hmm. How are countries going to going to deal with this, and then what kind of agreements can they make now? You know about artificial intelligence and and how this is going to be implemented in our society, right? Because yeah. this is it's it's like scary, mm-hmm. but then it's like it's like you know this is just all a part of our evolution as a society. Right. Right. And let's use this for the good of the world and mankind um, and not end up like uh, an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is that called? That net Netscape or whatever? Like, uh, I forgot what it was called again. I, I, I forget my Terminator terminology right now. I think the first Terminator. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just... Uh, <laughs> Well, I just typed in a, in a certain uh, degree, a certain website, free website. I said uh, "native radio show uh, uh, intro," and it popped out. Uh, I want to say four hundred words in two seconds, and literally, I could have read that. Yeah, Robert, you were a you were a teacher. Like, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you were a public school teacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine, Robert, now these students being able to put in this chat GPT, write up papers, and then turning them in? I mean, are, like, are educators going to be able to, like, you know, understand, like, this wasn't their work? or right. I, You know what I mean? Like, those kinds of things. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know either. I would have. I would have got straight A's. Is all I know, or A pluses if they were giving them out. What the heck? <laughs> right. I mean, it's it, it's just crazy to think about. And and it, you know, I, I as we go further and further into this, you know, artificial intelligence is going to be a big part of renewable energy and mm-hmm. how it's being distributed, where it's going to be um, used at. You know, there's going to be a home that they're just going to be watching a TV, so they're going to have an excess supply of energy there. And it's just going to be redistributed over across the block to the school that's hosting the mid, the, the, the evening high school ba- uh, basketball game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, artificial intelligence is going to do that, you know, and it's going to make our grid a lot smarter, a lot more reliable. But, you know, what I think those benefits are going to come this this you know this 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 negative piece where you know are we teaching it to like think for itself you know what i mean are we is that's what i think people are scared of is it going to become self-autonomous you know what i mean like is it going to start you know uh uh uh, you know thinking for itself and 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 like you said do the whole terminator thing Right. And that's, that's already happened. And I I guess I don't want to get deep into this. We'll have to do our own AI show soon, Robert, but, um, I have heard reports, whether it was on 60 minutes that they are starting to rationalize and think for themselves. So it's already happening. It's a matter of, uh, 
uh, watching it and controlling it. And I don't know if the genie's out of the bottle now, but I do believe using this in a good way is really going to help, like you said, renewable energy. Well, yeah. I mean, there's always the yin and there's always the yang, right? You've got the good and there's always the bad. The problem that I see in this is that if we're already having hackers break into our computer systems already, what's that going to look like if we have artificial intelligence, you know, um, being the gatekeeper, but then also being able to infiltrate other systems? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's, that's where I'm kind of like drawing line at. Like, I think that we need to have agreements between countries, between Mm -hmm. governments. Um, We need to have agreements between, let's be honest, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. You know what I mean? Like, like these people need to have some type of, you know, rules to the game because if they don't, then, you know, like you said, the genie gets out of the bottle and we're, we're, you know, it's blasting off nuclear weapons, you know, across the entire planet because they think that the, 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 the artificial intelligence thinks that we're going to, you know, commit equal suicide, right? which in, in some respects we're doing, you know what I mean? With, with our way of life. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, to get in deeper too, we, you know, there's people were shooting off fireworks and there was a big fire here uh, and because everything's so dry and because, you know, we, we had flooding in the beginning of the uh, beginning of spring. And now I can count on one hand how many times it's rained a little bit since then and everything's dry. And so we, we need to really become more proactive. And like you said earlier in the show, people are jumping onto it. I remember, what was it, two years ago, Robert, that uh, the Ford F-110 went, uh, sold out immediately for the new uh, uh, electric, electric cars? Well, we needed the manufacturers and the government to support this to get more of that out there and bring the price down, too. Yeah, absolutely, Robert. And and I think that that right there brings me up to like some great, some great stories here that are currently happening, you know, around the country mm-hmm. and, and, you know, nationwide electric vehicle charging infrastructure is designed to meet 30 to 42 million light duty electric vehicles by 2030 think about that robert 42 million electric vehicles are going to are the infrastructure is now being set up across this country to meet 42 million electric vehicles by 2030 wow that's awesome and that's quick that's going to be soon yeah yeah and and i mean and here's here's another interesting fact too robert the fastest growing jobs are in the renewable energy industry. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I mean, I mean that that's crazy to think about. You know that it, it's outpacing. You know, uh, it, it's outpacing the um, the fossil fuel industry. Mm-hmm. It's outpacing healthcare. I mean, this is how fast. This is what the Inflation Reduction Act did. I mean. We're, we're already on a trajectory to, you know, uh, to, to make this transition anyway, right? Right. But with the Inflation Reduction Act and the Biden administration implementing this piece of legislation has put this industry on steroids and it is just taking over mm-hmm. the country right now mm-hmm. with jobs. Manufacturing, Robert, is now coming back to the shores of the United States. Manufacturing jobs are, are at a at, a, at an all-time high now also yes. that are being driven by the renewable energy industry. That uh, deserves a big round of applause because that this is the new, uh, new uh, generation of uh, energy and, uh, and a new uh, paradigm shift in um, the economy too. Yeah. And, 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 it, 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 it's incredible because, you know, even the big unions, right? The United Auto Workers, right? Mm-hmm. 
um, are looking at this year's contract negotiations as a really, really important opportunity, you know, to ensure that they have representation, you know, for future electric vehicle jobs. You know, they weren't worried about electric vehicles a couple of years ago, uh, uh, Robert. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. But now the United Auto Workers, Robert, the United Auto Workers, one of the biggest unions, Mm -hmm. one of the, you know, I mean, they are, are a staple of this country, are ensuring that in this next year's negotiation that they have a place and they are going to be negotiating around the table the future of electric vehicles. They're not just worried about their workers. They're worried about where is this industry going and yeah. how are we going to keep our people, you know, in it and in in relevant, right? Yeah. I, I just think that I just think that's incredible, you know, that before it was just about having a job. Now it's about, okay, how do we keep these electric vehicles continuously being made? How do we continue to source the materials that are going to be used for these vehicles? And then how do we keep on, you know, being relevant and being a part of this industry? Robert, that's that's, uh, gangbusters right now. Let's take a quick break. We know we have more news from the Solar Bear with the Solar Bear News. And you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Your Blue Line Extension Project wants to hear from you. We are working on extending the Blue Line Light Rail into North Minneapolis, Robbinsdale, Crystal, and Brooklyn Park, and connecting it to our growing transit system. Tell us about your neighborhood, your business, your family, and what you need from your Blue Line. Learn more and share more of your story at yourblueline.org. That's yourblueline.org. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at spps.org slash careers. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howl! Howl! Yeah, I I heard Rob, Rob, I heard Robert Blake. He's getting fired up for his haircut. His howling haircut coming up there. Hey, we're uh, this Native Roots Radio, and here we're with uh, Robert Blake of uh, the Solar Bear with the Solar News, and uh, we've been talking about some really positive things here. Robert, just let me know when you have to go. We I see it's ten till six, and I know you have a six oh five appointment. We don't want you to miss that. Yeah. Hey, hey, Robert. I wanna. I want. Can, can I just give you the statistics though on these jobs and all these things happening real quick? Yeah. I just want to read out some statistics to you. Okay. The energy sector added three hundred thousand jobs this last year. Seven point eight million total energy jobs in twenty twenty one to over eight point one million um, in twenty twenty two. Now, through the energy sector was deeply impacted by COVID nineteen. 
it's recovered 70, 71% of the jobs lost in 2020. That's huge, Robert. Wow. That just goes to show how resilient the renewable energy sector is being right now. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, the technologies, right? So we're talking about wind. Wind is up 20%. Grid modernization is up 12%. Hydrogen fuel vehicles, Robert, is up 25%. Whoa. Natural gas vehicles are up 14%. And plug-in hybrid vehicles are up, are up 10%. Employers across all technologies are optimistic about the growth from 2022 to, to uh, 2023. Mm. Now, real quickly, the clean energy technologies are making significant strides. Um, so this is like solar, wind, all that. It's, it's 80% of new electric power generation jobs, adding 22,279 jobs, up 3.6%. Um, clean energy jobs, Robert, hmm. increased in every state 3.8% nationally. So meaning, even in Republican states, Republican states, everybody, jobs are up in clean energy 3.8%. Can we get Republicans on board, Robert, for this? We are putting American people to work in, in the clean energy industry. Yeah. Um, battery electric vehicles increased by 29,000 jobs. Clean and, and clean vehicles accounted for 59% of all new jobs in the motor vehicle industry, Robert. Hmm. In the motor vehicle industry, 59%. The future of energy industry is for everyone. Uh, the number of women working increased by 150,000. 150,000 wow. women are now working in the clean energy industry, Robert, that is up from 2022. Dang. A quarter of the energy workforce are non-white workers. So BIPOCs are representing 23% of the energy workforce. Veterans are making of a 9% um, of, the, of, the, of the new energy workforce, up, up, up 5%. And, and energy employees is employing American unions. Get this, Robert. Hmm. This is my last statistic. I'm telling you. Union employers are more than twice as likely the non-union employees, 46 to 20 to 22% uh, respectively. Um, and it is more diverse with LGBTQ hires um, in transmission and distribution so, and solar. Um, the percentage of workers represented by union um, are, are covered under our collective bargaining agreement. It's up 11%, over 1.5 times the rate of the private sector. That means that energy is taking care of union and organized labor, everyone. That's That's what that is saying. These statistics um, are on the Department of Energy website. You can go ahead and take a look at it. The solar solar bear is not making these statistics (laughs) up, everyone. You can go and take a look at them. And they're all for you to read and see. And it's just incredible, Robert, where this industry is headed, where this is going. And, you know, we just need to continue to push this. All of us need to get behind. We need to elect officials that are going to represent the people and think about the future, the next seven generations, like like representatives like you, Robert, because you are an elected official mm-hmm. and you're, you're representing your community your, your nation, and, and we need to elect people like you, Robert. Well, I appreciate that. And I just want to give you, I know you got to get going. I just want to give you a quick shout out, too, of all the work you're doing in Indian country, and especially here, I mean, all over, but I know of a couple projects that you're doing here in Minnesota uh, with a couple tribes, and I don't know how much you can talk about it, but I do know that, and other people are watching what you're doing here for in a good way for our communities out here, so I just got to give you a big ho Well, I, I want to say to everybody, um, Solar Bear just finished up the McGeezy project. It's on Lake Street, um, right across the street there from the cemetery, Lake and um, Cedar. Mm. Um, it's the new McGeezy building. They're gonna uh, they're gonna have an open house in October, but the solar project is done. You can drive by it; it looks beautiful. Wow! Um, I'm so proud of that project and all the work that McGeezy does with the with the with the native community and mm-hmm. the kids. 
Um, they do such a wonderful job. And um, we were just really happy to be a part of that whole thing and send a big shout out to Kelly Drummer yeah. and all the great work that she does there with her staff over there. Absolutely. They do a wonderful job with the kids and the community. And I just got to say this real quick about McGeezy. McGeezy's been around for a long time and they started as a a uh, way for uh, college students to learn mass media whether they were on TV or the radio and the news, and they've been just growing and been around. They've been around since the 70s, Robert. I know. That's incredible. And I was just really um, proud and, and, and thankful that uh, Kelly asked me to be a part of this project in their new building because their old building got burnt down during the civil unrest, yep. you know? Yeah. And so um, this building is beautiful. They did a wonderful job there, and the kids are really going to be, they're, they're just going to be loving this building, Robert. And um, I was just really happy to be a part of it, to be a part of uh, what they're doing there with the community, and uh, super excited. Also, also, I should say real quickly, Solar Bear just finished up another project up in Red Lake Nation oh. at the OG Center. Um, that center right there is there to uh, to be able to serve the, uh, the elderly population in the community. Um, and that was Sherry Goodwin mm-hmm. and all the wonderful work she did there and all the wonderful work she does in the community too. So a couple of big shout outs there to Sherry and Kelly Drummer. Um, they're doing such wonderful work in our community, Robert. Absolutely. And it takes, uh, it takes a tribe, it takes a village. And, uh, uh I want to say again, Peeny Gigi for helping out these organizations and, and uh, always coming on in a, a positive way here in Native Roots Radio and giving uh, these news flashes. I feel like we've grown along with you and along with the solar community or all around the same time. Well, I, I just want to say too, Robert, that you've helped Solar Bear grow. You've helped Native Sun grow. And I mean, I owe a lot of my success and a lot of the things that I've been able to do, Robert, to you. And um, you've been just like a big brother to me. You're you were my big brother's best, one of his best friends growing up, so yeah. you know it stands to that's the reason that you know um, that I'm I'm around you. So, miigwech, Robert. It's just the best to be around you wow. and have you be in my life. Great, great point. And then we have to make a trip again to the next presidential uh, native presidential caucus and uh, and and do it up. So, thanks again, Robert. Go get a haircut. Really appreciate you and what you do for the community. And for Mother Earth, really. And that's the solar news with the solar bear. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Robert. We'll 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 speak to you soon, and uh, okay, have a bye. great great day. We don't say goodbye in our way. Oh, hey, later. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, awesome show again, Haley. Hope you're feeling good. Hope you're feeling better. I know you're a little down, and but I appreciate you so so much being here with me. Uh, and running the background and setting up all these shows. I couldn't do the show without you. Oh, absolutely. I'm feeling much better now getting to hear from our friends Nancy and Bob and hearing all the great work that they're doing in the community. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier now. <laughs>